0: United States Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit United States of America v. Donald J. Trump Argued January 9, 2024 Decided February 6, 2024 Appeal from the United States District Court for the District of Columbia Before Circuit Judges Henderson, Childs, and Pan Opinion for the Court Filed Per curiam. Donald J. Trump was elected the 45th President of the United States on November 8, 2016. He was sworn into office at noon on January twentieth, two 2017, and served until his term expired at noon on January twentieth, two 2021. At that moment, President Trump became former President Trump, and his successor, Joseph R. Biden, became president and began his own four-year term. Although this sequence is set by the Constitution, it did not proceed peacefully. Indeed, from Election Day 2020 forward, the government alleges that President Trump denied that he had lost his bid for a second term and challenged the election results through litigation pressure on state and federal officers, the organization of an alternate slate of electors, and other means. His alleged interference in the constitutionally prescribed sequence culminated with a Washington, D.C. rally held on January 6, 2021, the day set by the Electoral Count Act, for the Congress to meet in joint session to certify the election results. The rally headlined by President Trump resulted in a march of thousands to the Capitol and the violent breach of the Capitol building. The breach delayed the congressional proceedings for several hours, and it was not until the early morning of January 7th that the 2020 presidential election results were certified, naming Joseph R. Biden as the soon to be 46th president. Since then, Hundreds of people who breached the Capitol on January 6, 2021, have been prosecuted and imprisoned. And on August 1, 2023, in Washington, D.C., former President Trump was charged in a four-count indictment as a result of his actions challenging the election results and interfering with the sequence set forth in the Constitution for the transfer of power from one president to the next. Former President Trump moved to dismiss the indictment, and the District Court denied his motion. Today, we affirm the denial. For the purpose of this criminal case, former President Trump has become Citizen Trump with all of the defenses of any other criminal defendant. But any executive immunity that may have protected him while he served as president no longer protects him against this prosecution. Part 1. Background Former President Trump did not concede the 2020 election, and in the ensuing months, he and his supporters made numerous attempts to challenge the results. Many of their attempts were allegedly criminal. A District of Columbia federal grand jury indicted former President Trump on four criminal counts arising from the steps he allegedly took to change the outcome of the election. 1. Conspiracy to defraud the United States by overturning the election results in violation of 18 U.S.C. Section 371. 2. Conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, i.e. the Congress's certification of the electoral vote, in violation of 18 U.S.C. Section 1512-K. 3. Obstruction of and attempt to obstruct the certification of the electoral vote, in violation of 18 U.S.C. sections 1512, C. 2, and 2. And 4. Conspiracy against the rights of one or more persons to vote and to have their votes counted, in violation of 18 U.S.C. section 241. At this stage of the prosecution, we assume that the allegations set forth in the indictment are true, We emphasize that whether the indictment's allegations are supported by evidence sufficient to sustain convictions must be determined at a later stage of the prosecution. The indictment alleges that former President Trump understood that he had lost the election and that the election results were legitimate, but that he nevertheless was determined to remain in power. He then conspired with others to cast doubt on the election's outcome and contrived to have himself declared the winner first they used knowingly false claims of election fraud to attempt to persuade state legislators and election officials to change each state's electoral votes in former president trump's favor for example he and his allies falsely declared that more than 10000 dead voters had voted in georgia that there had been 205,000 more votes than voters in Pennsylvania, that more than 30,000 non-citizens had voted in Arizona, and that voting machines had switched votes from Trump to Biden. Second, then-President Trump and his co-conspirators organized fraudulent slates of electors in seven targeted states, attempting to mimic the procedures that the legitimate electors were supposed to follow. They then caused these fraudulent electors to transmit their false certificates to the vice president and other government officials to be counted at the certification proceeding on January 6th. Third, then-President Trump and his co-conspirators, pressed officials at the Department of Justice to conduct sham election crime investigations and to send a letter to the targeted states that falsely claimed that the Justice Department had identified significant concerns that may have impacted the election outcome. Fourth, then-President Trump and his co-conspirators attempted to convince then-Vice President Mike Pence to use his ceremonial role at the January 6th certification proceeding to fraudulently alter the election results. When the Vice President rebuffed them, he stirred his base of supporters to increase pressure on the Vice President. Ultimately, on the morning of January 6th, 2021, he held a rally in Washington D.C. where he repeated knowingly false claims of election fraud to gathered supporters and directed them to the Capitol to obstruct the certification proceeding and exert pressure on the Vice President to take the fraudulent actions he had previously refused. Fifth and finally, from the January 6th rally, thousands of his supporters, including individuals who had traveled to Washington and to the Capitol at his direction, swarmed the United States Capitol— causing violence and chaos that required the Congress to temporarily halt the election certification proceeding. At that point, he and his co-conspirators exploited the disruption by redoubling efforts to levy false claims of election fraud and convince members of Congress to further delay the certification. Then-President Trump's efforts to overturn the election results were unsuccessful, and the Congress certified the Electoral College vote in favor of President-elect Biden. On January 11, 2021, nine days before President-elect Biden's inauguration, the House of Representatives adopted an impeachment resolution charging then-President Trump with incitement of insurrection. The single article of impeachment alleged that he had violated his constitutional oath faithfully to execute the office of President of the United States and his constitutional duty to take care that the laws be faithfully executed by inciting violence against the government of the United States. The impeachment resolution asserted that President Trump repeatedly issued false statements asserting that the presidential election results were the product of widespread fraud and should not be accepted by the American people or certified by state or federal officials, that his statements on the morning of January 6th encouraged and foreseeably resulted in lawless action at the Capitol, and that he attempted to subvert and obstruct the certification of the results of the 2020 presidential election by other means, including by threatening a Georgia state official into manipulating the results. Importantly, by the time the United States Senate conducted a trial on the Article of Impeachment, he had become former President Trump. At the close of the trial on February 13, 2021, 57 Senators voted to convict him and 43 voted to acquit him. Because two-thirds of the Senate did not vote for conviction, he was acquitted on the Article of Impeachment. On November 18, 2022, the U.S. Attorney General appointed John L. Smith as special counsel to investigate efforts to interfere with the lawful transition of power following the 2020 presidential election or the certification of the Electoral College vote. A Washington, D.C. grand jury returned the instant four-count indictment against former President Trump on August 1, 2023 and on August 28, 2023, the district court set a trial date of March 4, 2024. Former President Trump filed four motions to dismiss the indictment, relying on 1. presidential immunity, 2. constitutional provisions including the Impeachment Judgment Clause and principles stemming from the Double Jeopardy Clause, 3. Statutory Grounds, and 4. Allegations of Selective and Vindictive Prosecution. On December 1, 2023, the District Court issued a written opinion denying the two motions that are based on presidential immunity and the two constitutional provisions. In relevant part, the District Court rejected Trump's claim of executive immunity from criminal prosecution— holding that former presidents enjoy no special conditions on their federal criminal liability. It concluded that the Constitution's text structure and history do not support the existence of such an immunity, and that it would betray the public interest to grant a former president a categorical exemption from criminal liability for allegedly attempting to usurp the reins of government. It also held that neither traditional double jeopardy principles nor the Impeachment Judgment Clause provide that a prosecution following impeachment acquittal violates double jeopardy. Former President Trump filed an interlocutory appeal of the District Court's Presidential Immunity and Double Jeopardy holdings. On December 13, 2023, we granted the government's motion to expedite the appeal, and oral argument was held on January 9, 2024. We've come to the end of Part 1 of this opinion, but don't worry, next episode will pick up right where this episode left off, beginning with Part 2, Jurisdiction. These episodes are going to be a little bit shorter than you're used to because I want to get them up as soon as possible. Until next episode, thanks for listening to What SCOTUS Wrote Us.